Welcome to our next episode of Pure Effect Conversations. Together we explore the microbial world we live in by meeting researchers, designers and enthusiasts working in the field of bacteria and other microorganisms. There is really a new age of designers emerging, utilizing biological systems to invent new materials and functions, reshaping notions of luxury, ethics, wellness and sustainability. In today's episode, we talk to Rosie Broadhead, apparel designer specializing in biomaterials in the fashion industry. She has integrated live bacteria into the fibers of clothing that reduces body odor, encourages cell renewal and improves the immune system when activated by sweat. So enjoy the ride and welcome to this new episode of Pure Effect Conversations. of us you know we you and I we wear clothes to keep warm and perhaps uh, as a to cover up a little bit more than that but uh. <laughs> to cover up or maybe to tell what kind of soccer team or hockey team that you you like it's Mudo isn't it yeah but you never I'm a hardcore Mudo but you never see me in any Mudo no, clothing that's right you have an extra gear there to put in so but for you Rosie um you have a slightly different take on this, right? Uh, like we can use clothes with bacteria to to stay strong and healthy, more like for wellness. And you have created this Skin2 project where you in- integrated bacteria and textiles. Um, could you tell us some more about this? Yeah, so um, probiotic clothing is um, really thinking about that our bodies are home to hundreds of thousands of microorganisms. And only about half our cells on our body are home to the human genome. So these human cells closely interact with the bacterial, fungal and viral cells on our body. And um, Skin2 really explores the benefits of encapsulating um, these probiotic bacteria into fibers of clothing and they're activated when they come into the moisture on our skin. And this allows them to dominate less beneficial bacteria on our body that might be associated with um, body odor, for example. And these encapsulated bacteria um, also encourage the cell renewal and improve the immune system of your skin. And the idea is to um, replace the need for uh, toxic chemical fabric finishes and hopefully reduce the need to wash your clothes so frequently. And this is a collaboration, um, an ongoing collaboration with Dr. Chris Calwet, a microbiologist from Ghent University, whose research focuses on bacteria therapy. And he's the first to discover how um, your clothing can take on its own microbiome through this interaction between textiles and skin. How did you, how did you um, come up with this idea then? And where did you meet Chris? How did it start? <laughs> Okay, well, I did my I, I did my master's in material futures at Central St. Martins, and um, actually my my background is in um, fashion design, research and development, and sustainable material um, sourcing. And this is where I sort of really focused on how um, fabric functional uh, sorry functional fabrics um, can uh, improve speed, durability, and comfort of a athlete or rider, for example. 
And um, when I came to do my master's course of material futures, um, this course is really sits between craft science and technology and how we can sort of take the knowledge from our um, from our background and apply it to um, a more future thinking um, application. And um, so I was really curious, I'm very curious always about this interaction between the skin and clothing. And um, this led me to look at um, the papers of Chris and um, how he was able to uh, transfer certain microbes to, of the skin of one individual to another. And this led me to think about how this could be applied to textiles. Textiles is something that we wear next to our skin every day. So there must be some uh, transfer of microbes to the skin and vice versa. Are you, you, you're a textile engineer? Um, textile scientist, yeah. Um, so I'm working... Textile scientist. Uh, I would say it sits between research and design because... Um, a lot of the, at the moment, it's very research focused, but I'm looking at how I can apply this research to uh, fashionable garments or how it might look, um, how this new technology or how probiotic clothing uh, might look, because at the moment it doesn't really exist. So it's quite a fun job to decide or uh, where this bacteria would be useful to be placed, for example. So um, because it's activated with moisture, it might be best placed under the arms or down the back, um, areas that you're most likely to sweat. So, um, and also being a, a designer, but working in a lab environment, I'm able to really understand how the process works from really from the very beginning. So, um, which is quite unique, I think, because for example, if bacteria aren't growing or if it, if, um, I don't know, there was a, a chemical in the process that may upset the bacteria growth, then you can really like see that from the very beginning and start implementing different decision makings from the start, which I think often you only really hear about this way further down the line and therefore you don't really know you have to really trace your steps back so I think that's the real benefit of having this very interdisciplinary working environment I, uh, this is uh, I'm just going to shoot a, it's not really a question but, but it might be as we I, I never read anything about textiles uh, from an historic perspective uh, like if if you take just wool or cotton or, or uh, materials that we used um, before we had this modern textile industry. Uh, but the kind of fibers or the, the clothing that we were uh, or wore a hundred years ago, uh, were, were those better for, uh, for, uh, for our bodies, for our... Well-being. Yeah, well-being or the microorganisms on our skins than the one that we have today. Yeah, I mean... And now, like if you look at the the fashion, I think the fashion and sportswear industry, and they develop new materials for functional performance clothing, and these processes often contain chemicals that are known to be toxic to the body, like uh, fluorocarbons that are used for waterproofing or antibacterial finishes to kill all of the bacteria on on your skin, and this often leads to a disbalance and um, multi strain resistance. So, of course, if you can. If you can wear natural fibers, um, this is definitely better for your skin microbiome. But in a way, or in all this modern production system in fashion, 
there's chemicals in every single process, in the dye process, in the finishing process, and um, even in the in the crops and the and the farms. So it's very difficult to remove all of these. Of course, organic is is much better, but in in our our ethos is if you can make it neutral, so you could make it so there's no adverse effects on the skin or the body, or you could add certain actives or add certain bacteria that are already common and healthy on the body to add this uh, added function to your to your skin. So it's it's working in a sort of symbiotic way with your body and, and textiles, but of course there is a, a man-made element there. We're adding these bacteria to the textiles. Mm. Super cool. So what do you consider when you go out to shop some new clothes? Um, what do I consider? Actually, uh, at the moment, I well, I don't, I don't, um, I often look for organic. Yeah, um, I I tend to actually wear some of my own clothes now because I feel like maybe I'm developing clothes that that if if I can't find them in the shops, then there must be a, a market for them. So I, I'm interested in these ingredients that contain seaweed, for example, that has antioxidant effects on the skin. And I look to knit these into into garments. And then um, I also shopping local. And also I think one of the best things you could do is perhaps like when I was working in a sportswear company and we were looking at how we could make our processes more sustainable, I was thinking about basically just using waste from the previous seasons, which is not really new or interesting because it's old colors, for example. But if you can update these, this because often so much there's so many so much waste in these in the warehouses that um, really making use of of this is one of the best things you can do. I think. Mm. Mm. Now there, there is, you must say, really a growing, can you say sustainability wave? You know, we're, we're getting more and more conscious when we shop, what we eat and what we put on our skin and so on. And what do you mean by this growing interest in like wellness clothing? Is that a, a term? Is it a trend? Wellness clothing? So probiotic clothing is, or wellness clothing is probably a term that I coined myself but um, it's about developing an alternative to chemicals and how we can improve the health of our skin through interaction with textiles and the microbial diversity on our bodies and textiles changes depending on the composition fit of a garment for example so uh, the skin has this protective function where its performance can be influenced by the garments that we wear and knowing that the skin is almost always in contact with with our with clothing and fabrics wellness and therapeutic clothing is this space between the body and textiles where you can manipulate um, this interaction with healthy ingredients that's how i see wellness clothing Mm -hmm. very well put rosie (laughs) (laughs) i just um i was thinking about there is you know when you need read the newspaper there is also a lot of talk about like fashion in general is really a big threat to the climate and to to the environment. Do you have any views on that? Besides just besides probiotic clothing, like how do you how bad do you think fashion is for the planet? I think it's one of the most polluting uh, industries after oil. I've heard. 
So I think that making change in the fashion industry is has a big effect. So if you can be conscious of the the fabrics that you're using or if you can use waste or if you can use a more innovative or biodegradable textiles, then that that has an influence. Mm. It's really an, an wellness clothing or probiotic clothing is really a nice way of looking at fashion, you know, from being back in the days just something to warm you up to maybe in the 80s, 90s, something for just like being vain or but now fashion can also be something that really makes you feel better, feeling stronger. Wellness is uh, wellness clothing is beautiful. Yeah. Rosie, you are creating a, a, your own brand with uh, with wellness or or therapeutical or or probiotic clothing. Uh, tell us about the brand. So, uh, aside from my job as a textile scientist at Ghent University, um, this is fundamentally research, and it's more future thinking um, applications. But I wanted to make a difference now, really. And um, therefore, what can I add to textiles or what can I incorporate into clothing that has a, a therapeutic or beneficial effect on the skin? And that's why I created Skin Series, which is a, um, a undergarment brand and platform, research and development platform that where I in- incorporate uh, yarns that have uh, seaweed or vitamins, um, And they all have an antioxidant or anti-inflammatory effect on the skin. So that it's really sort of between medical and fashionable clothing. And this is where I see the future of the industry going. So you're first out with uh, with this kind of probiotic clothing or wellness clothing. The pro well, it doesn't at the moment. We're still developing the probiotics. That's still. Um, under development but the the skin series is um really sort of natural ingredients that you I can access now so it's not I'm not the first to develop um these fabric well actually I'm the fabrics are very much mine but um for example the yarns are accessible but it the application is new I suppose mm. Yeah. When do you think we will see the uh, the the clothes with bacteria uh, in your shop? Really, it's it's less about um, do people want the product. It's m- because I really see that there is a big market for this. There is people are very intrigued by it. It's not really about convincing people necessarily because I think people are already convinced of this. That's so cool. From my understanding, I don't know if you feel differently about your product. Uh, that you feel like you had to convince people to to sort of trust it. It's a big difference today uh, for the better than from a couple of years ago. I would say it, it's been a shift. Yeah, well, it's been a huge shift. I started working with industrial biotechnology twenty um, five years ago, and at that time, people were super scared about the bacteria. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Super. Mm. But but now uh, it's uh, it's very, very different. Uh, But 
Right now, we are in the process of, of trying to communicate with people that already like good bacteria and, and not trying to educate them so much as, as we've done in the past. Uh, the past was all about trying to explain to people how we live in this microbial world and uh, that bacteria is all around us and in us and, uh, and that we need them in order to, uh, to stay alive. Today, it's not like that anymore. Now it's more about what kind of, of uh, interesting applications can you, can you use uh, microorganisms for, uh, whether it's bacteria or viruses or, uh, or uh, fungus or whatever. Uh, there's a lot of exciting uh, things you can do with, with microorganisms in our daily lives. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more about when is it available rather than why, you know? Well, obviously, they want to know why, what are the benefits exactly, like, but it's not really like, oh, no one, actually no one has ever said to me, oh, I wouldn't wear that, that's that's weird to me. But I am, maybe my community is very, like, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, creative or open-minded, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably. <laughs> no, but I think that yeah. your community is cutting edge. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're like a pathfinder, you know that, Rosie. And I guess you, you hang with people that, that are too, like early adopters. But that's where we're going. There's no turning back, I would say. No, no, no definitely no. not. You know, I know you, uh, you also know Professor Vincent Nierstras uh, that we had in an earlier episode. Um, so let's talk a bit more about technology. He's also in the field of smart textiles and functional textiles. Um, he's with the University of Boros, and we discussed the challenges, you know, um, with with these, this kind of clothing when it comes to maintenance, how to wash it. We all know about the tough, you know, mechanical treatment um, that, that, you know, a garment is exposed to when, when you put it in the laundry machine. So what would you say? How, to keep, how can we keep the function after laundry with your kind of garments, you know, uh, to take care of what we have? To well, be maybe it's, we will have a different laundry process in the future. Yeah. We'll not have machines. A laundry machine to... Point oh maybe or not not at all. Rosie, what do you say? As you probably already know, the washing machine does not necessarily kill bacteria at thirty or forty degrees. Often our clothes have more bacteria on them after the washing machine um, than before. Often these biofilm forming strains. Therefore, we can wash our clothes less through probiotic textiles, and then we may not necessarily have less bacteria on our clothes, but it will be a different kind of bacteria, healthy strains and non-odor-causing strains. And so that's really the ethos behind what we're doing. And our technology is under development in the lab and the textile studio. And we're constantly testing in the lab and conducting wear testing trials and the best methods and processes. And we use a skin commensal healthy strain, which means it's commonly found on the skin. The strain doesn't cause body odor. It um, has antioxidant properties and the bacteria activated by moisture so therefore placed in areas where you would normally sweat so it's even we're trying to direct the technology to certain areas it's not going to be placed all over the textiles for example we're we're developing several methods for encapsulating the bacteria to protect it from external elements like uh, heat and um, maybe the chemicals that would be in your uh, laundry detergent for example Maybe I got carried away. I was thinking, what, what would the washing label 
say on your new garments, you know, your, uh, what does it say? Because I can actually buy the, your uh, clothes with, uh, from, um, made by seaweed today. What does the washing label say? Or do you have a washing label? This one is just uh, hand wash. Hand wash. Hand wash only. Yeah. But that's mainly because of the... Um, it can be washed at 30 degrees, the, the, the seaweed fibers, but it's more to do with just the construction of the knit is quite um, specific and I wouldn't want it to be shrunk or mm. anything like that. Mm. So, um, And in terms of the probiotic clothing, I mean, we would like to change the whole system, like... But actually, you have to, you, we can't, we're trying to change one small thing, which is a technology, a tech, finishing technology, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we have to comply to certain industry standards to a certain extent. So um, that would probably be laundering around 20 to 30 washes, mm. making sure the finish... Um, But also encouraging people to maybe look after their clothing differently is is also a key point. Mm. What um, would your so the washing label wouldn't necessarily look different? No, um, no. But uh, yeah, maybe more careful, being more careful with it. It's a it's another living thing after all. You know? Yes, it yeah. is for sure. So, what's your laundry strategy at home? How do you wash your clothes, or how do you do you wash them? How do you take care of them? Um, actually, I, I, I probably, I just wash the essential things mostly, like things that you wear uh, next to your skin, your underwear, and then the things like trousers or um, jackets, jumpers, things that often even get ruined in the washing machine. I have like a spray, um, a bacterial spray, and I spray my... Um, my clothing round. Yeah. Do you have do you have our mists, our bacteria or Yeah, I have I have your one and I have this other one that Chris gave me in aerosol can. So it's a combination of the two. I was in a doing a talk the other day and I mentioned this and they found it very funny that I was spraying I was spraying my clothing instead of washing it. But yeah, I just spritz it over the um the rail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> I do that too. The older I get, the, more, the less I wash yeah. my clothes. It's Myself too, probably. Yeah, <laughs> that's good for your microbial flora, Jocke. It's good. It's good for your skin. I know you're very conscious about your skin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very. Very. How about moving on to um, talking a bit more about microbes? We all share the view or, you know, the fact, of course, that microbes are everywhere. They compete uh, on the surfaces and, you know, they work hard to degrade stuff everywhere. But what does the word clean mean to you, Rosie? Well, I think the, the short answer to this is that it's not clean. Is uh, The human skin isn't clean either, really, it, in a in the literal sense it's like divided into these uh different uh sites uh each one has its own uh, microorganism ecosystem and 
the biogeographical differences play a role in microbial stability and the skin have provided insights into these site-specific skin conditions and for example how you would tackle the microbiome of disbalance of the foot would be different to how you would tackle it for the the scalp and so the strain of bacteria clean foot and clean scalp are different it's yeah the strain of bacteria we're using are found in the under underarm and a healthy a healthy strain for all genders ages and ethnicities um so it's not really about um what is clean for one person and another um it's quite universal in that regard but um I think it's more uh, society now or Western society is encouraging through urbanization and through uh, use of cosmetics and antimicrobials have have actually changed the skin microbiome. And now if we, uh, Chris did some interesting research on the differences between uh, sort of Western skin and then uh, the skin of uh native tribes in the in the Amazon and there's uh on these people there is a lot more diversity of bacteria and they're not prone to skin conditions and they're not prone to body odors. So diversity is really clear here that that, that would be um fundamental to skin health. Yeah. So the I'm- more diverse your bacterial flora is on your body, the more healthy you are. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's the same for the gut and the same for, um, yeah, most cases. Clean, clean underwear is taking away the piss stains <laughs> and the odor. That's it. <laughs> but isn't it just a clean? Can it also be just like a feeling? You know, it's also about perfume. I think you know in. Some parts of the world, you know, it should be really a lot of perfume and a smell of chlorine to be considered clean. But um, that's not what I would call clean. No. No. But 20 years ago, the smell of chlorine was clean. Yeah. So what's your... Um, when do you feel that your clothes are clean? What's the... Can you describe it in, in a, not just uh, regarding bacteria, but just the feeling of clean? Um, room or a garment the feeling of clean is me probably is well I mean no one really knows well for example people or friends or family often comment on like a certain smell right so I have apparently have like a particular smell so maybe I don't smell my smell but maybe clean is like my signature smell plus just (laughs) Freshly washed or just neutral smelling clothing. Yeah, I don't know. Signature smell. smell. Of, that's a great sun drying, sun dried clothes. Yeah, that's yeah. good too. Oh yeah, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. When you talk about this with um, with Vincent and uh, and uh, and other textile scientists, um, do they understand you? Are they excited? Are they encouraging? Yeah, I think that... Or are they sceptical or...? No one is sceptical. Everyone is very positive. Um, And I think that's why I've built this community of other scientists or um, engineers working in this field because we're really working towards the same goal. And, I mean, if I 
uh, developed something that I thought was interesting, then I would uh, share it with them and vice versa. And I think it's all part of our, pro- our like, um, our values in a way on how how to make a more sustainable um, sustainable clothing or sustainable products would be to um, develop it through this more um, symbiotic route with our bodies. So I think we all have the same goal and, and therefore it's, I think it's important or we're stronger as a, a network or a community. We kind of agree that the, the probiotics are gaining ground uh, in many ways. In Pure Effect, we talk a lot about microbial cleaning when we use bacteria to clean. Um, but the word probiotic, like you use, and like wellness clothing, probiotic clothing that has traditionally been used for inside of the body, uh, like food with beneficial bacteria, etc., or on the outside of the body for skin care. And now you have the garments with beneficial bacteria. Then, of course, you know, we're biased in a way or two, but what, what future do you see for, for, uh, for probiotic or microbial products um, in general? So um, many skin diseases are so, like acne, rosacea, are, are associated with an altered microbiome. It could be an altered microbiome in the skin or sometimes the gut. So I've seen a big shift in the skincare market and it's focused on skin microbiome um, friendly products and um, products are launching that use bacteria therapy, the, the live organisms or postbiotics or enzymes that may still be active in the in the product or prebiotics where the ingredients have a exert a beneficial effect to the host. So for example, I've uh, the first skin commensal probiotic skincare product launched um, late last year of a, through a Belgian biotech company. So I think this is very exciting for um, people focusing on particular strains of bacteria that a uh, home in this uh, this environment, you know. We're not putting the the microorganisms from the from the earth and putting it on our skin it's really something that is natural to our body and I think that's that's uh something that Chris and I focus on and but other brands like uh, there's a French cosmetic brand that uses fermented rice water or prebiotics which really focus on the food for the bacteria that are already living on their body and these these are exciting new um techniques for skin microbiome friendly products and um I think that this will expand into the textile industry. I think from the big shift that we've seen in in food and in in cosmetics, I think textiles is is definitely the next step. And I think prebiotic probiotic approaches are very interesting. But um, for us, if you have a microbiome disbalance, you can create a bigger impact through the micro the live mm-hmm. microorganisms themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a bright future then. But it's, it makes all the sense in the world. Mm. Mm. So uh, there's there's a lot of solutions. If we're just open-minded enough there, to... Yeah. to uh, and it will happen, yeah. of course, because it, it makes sense. Mm.
sclerosis, the way I understand it, like bacteria or biotics for dummies, would that be like prebiotics is what you can feed the bacteria to make them prosper. And probiotics is like adding beneficial bacteria. And then postbiotics is something kind of the, the poop from the bacteria or what they leave or their skin or their skin. Skeletons or there's yeah, or like the what's left chemicals or like yeah, what what's left I suppose After. yeah. So takes us to to the next topic, talking about attitudes, uh, attitudes uh, towards bacteria, and that, like historically, people have in general seemed really skeptical to bacteria, but we are in in, in a shift. But not in her her world. No, she's twenty nine and <laughs> just just to us oldies, but you know. We yeah, reached uh, a tipping point no, in many cool, ways. You, you don't meet the, you don't feel that the world are skeptical towards bacteria. Well, of course, COVID has made things has made people change their mind a little bit. I think in terms of bacteria, germs, viruses, I think that hasn't helped this community much. But I think, like from my experience in general. Oh, in my community, uh, people are very, people don't, I don't think people are skeptical of bacteria and attitudes are definitely changing. So we're well aware of the health benefits of probiotics for the gut, for example. It's a big growing market for the skincare we just mentioned before. So I think probiotic clothing, um, I normally get asked what are the benefits? People want to know, like, why would you wear such? this garment and then also um the durability of it that those are the two questions i get asked the most and then i think the problem of toxic chemicals and clothing has it's not been talked about enough when discussing sustainability in fashion manufacture and creating alternatives for these chemicals are definitely gaining attention but someone asked me recently what a What about the problems um, if this strain became dominant or does it pose a threat to the environment um, if it was scaled? Mm. And currently... But it's impossible. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, but... cannot happen. And also, like, currently one of the most used antimicrobials is, is silver and silver nanoparticles. And these metals are extremely toxic for, like, aquatic and water systems. So far more dangerous for our health and environment compared to certain strains of skin commensal bacteria, mm. which can actually exactly. be very easily mm. controlled because, um, yeah, they they don't mm. pose a, a threat um, mm. to the environment, for example. So I think that if we can change people's attitudes to what is currently out there and using... Um, Bacteria as an alternative, I think that would be the the main focus here. And how can we change um, mm. this overuse of chemicals? Mm. But then that there are really big things at stake for humanity um, from the way you see it. It's an important task to change the attitude, not, not in your community, because they're already on board, but... Um, For people in general. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like you said, it's not, it's maybe not about convincing or educating because I don't think, I think it's often about accessibility also. So 
as a mm. designer, it's it's my job really to make this new technology desirable. And people people are sometimes not on board until I mean, it's still very important. Does something look good? Do I want to see myself in this? Mm. And that is almost as important as the sustainable technology itself. So if you can convince people sometimes through what it looks like, then you're sort of halfway there. And I think that's the important part of uh, science and design collaboration. Mm. Very well put. <laughs> and then we're in a way back, you know, the circle is closed, closing, closing when we talked about... Uh, us being vain and so on, just like you do, creating nice things that people want to wear. Uh, that's just a way to, to make people understand and take the, the technology into their lives, basically. Mm. I read somewhere that you, you designed with inspiration from sci-fi movies or sci-fi world. What's your favorite sci-fi movie then? Um, I like, like uh, costume. I like uh, Barbarella. Um, and I like Barbarella. there's one there's a German one um, World on a Wire that's one that one's very good and I, I think the reason that I take inspiration from this is quite specific because like I think the often what I'm doing or what the technology is put in this sort of speculative very far future space and I don't really want to actually I don't I don't really think that's correct because it's not far future what I'm what I'm doing because we're using bacteria no, no. that is that has existed before like humans mm. you know so there's actually something almost like dated about what I'm doing and and these particular <laughs> sci-fi movies look very dated but they're using something very future so I use this kind of mixture this like of uh, of this mood to kind of convey the point. So because I don't really want people to think that what I'm doing is is not real yet and far future. I actually want people to mm. understand that it's almost accessible. It's almost within reach, you know. So, mm. yeah. You will make it within reach, you know, with your shop. I look forward to going there, buying myself a really nice... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my friend is working on this. Really good things take a long time to develop, you know. It's worth the time waiting. Yeah, that's... There's a nice poem about that by Karin Boye, Swedish. Can you... Uh, <laughs> no. Can you it? <laughs> no, but I was, I was going to ask you uh, also, Rosie, like, you must be like a, the definition of a pathfinder, I would say since you're challenging a lot of things, you know, and you're also mixing this, you know, design and um, yeah, a lot of things and, but, and, and research, but you're, you're challenging also this extreme washing, the sterilizing and like the general disruption that we cause to our skins, natural defense mechanisms to, in an effort to try to remain what we call clean, like clean. But uh, like you said, somewhere I read it, it actually just removes or at best it imbalances our skin's natural occurring beneficial bacteria so um, since we seem to be stuck in our habits you know we do what we always done when it comes to cleaning and showering and you know buying a lot of clothes what, what would your best advice be to change our for for all of us to become pathfinders 
to change our habits in a more uh, sustainable lifestyle? Well, okay. Um, the challenge for us is working with live microorganisms. And of course, these microorganisms has, have to be cared for um, as they are sensitive to harsh temperatures and chemicals that are used in the fashion industry and has been normalized. And our bacteria have existed before us and have challenged these, uh, are challenged by these modern production methods. So really we can't change the whole system, even though that we might like to, but we can, we have to work on ways to protect the bacteria against these uh, production methods and laundering methods. So for me, the difference in um, time frame between uh, research and design is one of the biggest challenges. And um, for example, in, in science and the fashion industry, science and the fashion industry work on completely different timelines. So um, the need to sort of, the need to cultivate bacteria and uh, test it and get the results often take a long time. And um, it's not realistic, for example, for a fashion, for a seasonal fashion model to sit into this, into this space. <laughs> so where do you see yourself in 10 years then? Where is Rosie Broder then? In London or? I like, I mean, London is the obvious, is the obvious space for me, but... Um, i also think that my long-term collaborations sit in in Belgium also, but ten years is a long time, so it's difficult to answer this. But definitely continue working within the mindset where the body and materials are considered simultaneously, and I hope to apply my research to sh- to change skin health towards a more circular fashion industry, and. Um, i believe that the biorevolution is going to be defining our future and interwoven into our lives through many different products and industries. So it might be microbial proteins for our food or waste water treatments and our clothing being grown rather than being cut and sewn. So these are, I think there's going to be a lot of change over the next 10 years and Material innovation spans so many disciplines, professions, stages of readiness, and my hope is that scientists and designers will continue to work together in bridging the gap between fields. And biodesign and grow design, I think, provide some clues into the future direction of fashion. And to make the shift between the effects of antibacterial ingredients and synthetic fibers. I think the answer is to look more closely about what's already exists on our skin and the ecosystem on our skin microbiome. So that's where I see the mm, That's an exciting future, for sure. Can I ask you this question too? Uh, how would you define or describe a really good design? Um, I think really good design is working... Well, yeah, making sure that something still functions, you know, because I think right now I don't really think that you can design anything, any designer can design anything without being conscious about its impact and the materials that you're using and what is, where is it going to be disposed of in the future? And I think you can make really beautiful things, but 
you need to be conscious about where it's going to end up or what are your what you're using because yeah for example you can make beautiful furniture from resin but like this is like uh extremely toxic you know so um I think good design is being aware of of the use and then yeah knowing knowing that it's it's got a a life after after as well and whether you can create a circular process from that no one's perfect at the you know like so I think you can only try and focus on one area and um hopefully people will like it yeah <laughs> of course they will I really think people's gonna like it Go check out rosiebroadhead.com and the Skin 2 series to see the garments and the project. I would say that one big takeaway from this talk is that design really matters. Design is really key to make new technologies attractive. In our never-ending work to find and talk about applications for good bacteria, Rosie is super interesting. Yeah, yes, definitely. Uh, I remember when we first heard about Rosie and her work, uh, it was at a lunch at uh, Modern yeah. yeah, Modern Museum. No, no, the Museum of Modern Art. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Stockholm with uh, Professor Vincent Nierstrals uh, from the Textile University. Uh, in Borås. We, in Borås, yeah. yeah. We were excited. Um, anyway, I think that her work on combining garment design and bacteria is really cutting edge. And uh, I'm actually excited, Linda, to... Uh, to follow her and her colleagues' work in the future, if they can solve the obvious challenges of getting the bacteria out from the clothing to the skin, they will really give us something that we will benefit from as humans. Thanks, Rosie and Linda. <laughs> so thank you for joining us in this conversation about bacteria materials and the future of fashion design. For more inspiration on this topic, please listen to our talk with Professor Vincent Nystras, of course, uh, on the topic how we care for textiles. And perhaps you want to join our future conversations too, in social media, on our website and in real life, all the time. You find us on Instagram for more inspiration and ideas on the future of less washing, cleaning with bacteria and other topics related to the microbial world that we live in. Also head over to our website and sign up for our newsletter, VIP deals and new releases this coming season. It's pureeffectsweden.com.